Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Today on our show, we have a handsome, charming, charismatic 45-year-old Australian man. He's a best-selling author who has written and co-written five books including three bestsellers. One of those books I now hold in my hands, and it is called Conversations with Mediums. Our guest today is Scott Podmore. Scott owns and runs October Gray Media and lives in southern Victoria on the outskirts of Melbourne, Australia, with his partner Dee, five children, three cats, and a dog. He's also in the midst of creating a boutique publishing hub called the Consciousness Collective, a resource hub for like-minded authors wanting real and honest assistance in achieving their goals of publishing a book and marketing themselves. You can find out more about Scott at conversationswithmediums.com or simply go to wedontdieradio.com. So without further ado, Scott Podmore, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Hello, Sandra. How are you? Mm, I'm great. I made you laugh at the introduction, didn't I? You did, and I'll slip you that $100 later on because you made <laughs> me feel very good about myself. Well, you should because you're pretty extraordinary. <laughs> and I, right. I knew by our messages back and forth that we'd have a great conversation. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So it's first thing in the morning, your time, and it's in the evening, my time here in Massachusetts, and I love the magic of internet that we can connect like this. Absolutely. I just finished breakfast and I'm, uh, I'm wide awake now, so I'm ready to roll. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Well, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? How, I mean, how did it all begin? Well, look, I'm, I'm a journalist. I, I grew up in uh, a little country town in, in the state of Victoria. It was uh, in Murray River country there. And I, uh, I got into journalism pretty well straight after high school. I'm one of the, those kind of dinosaurs, I guess. I did a, an old-fashioned cadetship or apprenticeship um, with a newspaper. And for the next 20 years, I guess, I've, I've been involved with um, some pretty high-profile publications down here, uh, some of the bigger metropolitan newspapers and magazines, mainly as a, a travel and music writer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, I, uh, I guess I've always been a, a pretty creative person, always wanting to do extra projects, uh, never wanting to be pigeonholed, I guess you could say. And uh, I started writing, well, I did a book. I got a great opportunity to, to write a book about a, a pretty famous, um, I guess he's Australia's answer to Bruce Springsteen. His name's Jimmy Barnes down here in Australia. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, lucky enough to do his life story. Uh, which went really well. It nearly killed me, though. It was it was because I was working full time and I was doing that on the side, so I was burning the candle, uh, getting that book done. And I guess after that, and after it all settled down, uh, I started to get hungry for another project. And that's I get, it was at a time I was working at the Herald Sun newspaper here in Melbourne, and I had the uh, opportunity to interview Lisa Williams. Mm-hmm. And that absolutely blew up. This uh, was a full-page article that ran in the paper. I had no idea it was going to have the impact it did. Right. 
Right. Because um, it was a little, it was almost one of those subjects uh, in a, a very traditional, typical newspaper office, a little bit old-fashioned, and it was like no one wanted to put their hand up to do this story except me. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and I had, I, I guess you could say I was an open-minded sceptic at that time and I was at a little bit at the crossroads with my own career, ready to jump out and do my own thing after having written a best-selling book on, on the musician, Jimmy Barnes. And that story, uh, the phone rang off the hook, the email inbox almost exploded, and that's when it dawned on me, here's a great subject matter for the next book uh, and also a chance to, to follow my own path, I guess, in, in finding my own truth. Uh, I guess I started to open up a little bit myself at that point. That's perfect. People <laughs> want to know, and Lisa Williams is a famous medium, and I, I know many people just... Um, I'm going to do a speaking event with a medium in May, and with him being there, people just flooding to buy tickets. They want to know. You know, people want to know what the life after death is all about. Yeah, there's a real there's a real hunger for it, and uh, and that's what I identified, I guess. And from that, I, I I started hatching a plan. I guess you could say I just didn't want to do another book about, I guess, spirituality or. Um, uh, I didn't want it to be too uh, out there mm-hmm. as such, even though it's an out there subject and it's it's one with a big stigma attached, as you well know. Um, at, fortunately, people are a lot more open to the subject and that's what I found. So I set about lining up a whole uh, bunch of, of mediums, I guess, across the planet who I thought were quite diverse and also with the mission of exploring a whole heap of different types of uh, mediumship like uh, EVP, a little bit like what you've done too. We're very similar. We're like twins across the other side of the planet. I like that. Yeah, and it was, uh, it was a case I really focused on mental mediumship, trance, uh, physical mediumship, EVP, pretty much the full gamut, and I wanted – a real cross-section of mediums who appeal to different types of people as well, mm-hmm. uh, different corners of the, the globe. And then it then it was a case I really liked the way Lisa and I had this really genuine conversation. Uh, so I thought a fly-on-the-wall type account, that very Q&A style with some breakout stories explaining some types of, you know, whether I'm explaining clear audience or... or um, what a seance is all about or uh, those types of things. Uh, so basically, I, yeah, I wanted to go in and, and uh, have a core set of questions for each of the mediums for the sake of continuity to see if there are any differences or indeed, you know, whether there are a lot of similarities. Okay. And but also allow those conversations to take their own path, which they did. And I guess that one of the skill sets I have as a journalist uh, for over 20 years is that I guess I can find a way to have a a great conversation with someone. As we are having now. As we are having now, that's right. And, look, in the end, I did about 30 interviews, uh, most of them face-to-face. Not all of them were great. Mm -hmm. I probably, uh, as in any field, I guess it doesn't matter whether it's sport, media, law, uh, there are some frauds and people, some dishonest people. 
Yeah. Uh, um, this is certainly an area that does draw the, the, the mystique of it and people want their five, you know, 15 minutes of fame, I guess you could say. So there were a couple of dodgy ones along the way, but for the most part, they're all fantastic. And I just, for the sake of balance, I just chose 12 in the end and I think I've come up with a nice little selection. Oh, and you have some great, great people. Uh, I, I've just recently found out about Tony Stockwell and I've read everything I can and every video of him on the internet. He's fascinating. Yeah, he's an amazing guy. He's he's really lovely black too. Yeah, you have Carrie Alexander, James Van Prague, John Edward, Rob Smith, Lisa Williams, and more and that I've never heard of. But that's the beauty of having the book and getting to learn about them. Scott, before you went on this journey of interviewing them, what were your own beliefs, if I might add, ask about the hereafter? Yeah, look, sure. I, like I said earlier, I guess I went into it. I'm a, I was brought up a, a, a Christian. Uh, it's, I guess it's something that's never really, it never really resonated with me, the whole traditional church thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always believed something's there and I have a bit of a faith, but I guess I was a bit confused and I think I speak on behalf of a lot of people in saying yes, that. Yes, you do. And uh, so I did go in with an open mind. I guess it was a case of, you know, there was certain conditioning there that I had to break the shackles with um, and which did happen. Uh, eventually it obviously restructured my belief system. Um, but, I, yeah, I, I guess I was open to it. But in doing the interviews I wanted to make it really clear that this wasn't a big fluffy promo book. Uh, it was about asking some serious questions and, you know, at some times I would be grilling with, with the certain topics I didn't understand. Uh, so, and as you'll find through the book, there are a few moments where it gets a little bit heated and uh, uh, I guess getting back to what you asked me, I, I did go in as an open-minded sceptic. Uh, I took the best of a whole heap of different religions. Uh, there are certain principles, I guess, from Buddhism and I guess just picking and choosing what felt right for me, really. So that was my approach going into the project anyway. It's so exciting. And as a journalist, you have to keep an open mind and, you know, you're searching for good stories and things like that. Um, So the things you brought up, you brought up mental mediumship, which we've talked about a lot on the show. These are the people that come in and they can see your deceased loved ones and sometimes your pets, right? That's mental mediumship. Tap into their clairvoyance and clairaudience and and all that. Um, If you wouldn't mind just taking a little bit just to explain um, from your interviews, like what trance mediumship is, what physical mediumship is, and um, EVP, I know I know what that is. We've talked about it very little on this show, um, sure. electronic voice phenomena. Would you mind sharing? Yeah. Look, you found out I, about those? Yeah, look, absolutely. I uh, Starting with the trance mediumship, I guess one that really stood out for me was Elizabeth Barron, okay. who okay. Uh, unfortunately passed away before I could send her a book, a copy of the book. Um Absolutely fascinating lady uh, who was all about channeling, I guess, uh, channeling, goes into trance mediumship where um, she channeled St. Catherine of Assisi and basically she believed that that was who she was 
um, communicating with mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. give her messages. Uh, she's the woman. There's actually a, a documentary that's been done, the Elizabeth Barron story. She's the woman who warned Ronald Reagan about an impending assassination attempt. Uh, oh. Yes, yeah, she's, she's truly fascinating. She, and she's one of the most documented mediums in the world, I guess. Um, funnily enough, a lot of people I've talked to didn't know a lot about her, but she is. If you look her up, you'll find all this fascinating material on, online about her. But she, uh, she had a terrible childhood. She nearly died um, of a cyst uh, when she was young. She was raped. She had some horrible life lessons. But she was, yeah, so I guess she was the one I chose in the end for the whole trans mediumship angle. Um, and that was a really great conversation. We talked about everything from uh, her talking about how she ended up getting in touch with the Kennedy family, um, with JFK coming to her in the, in the end. And interesting. Very interesting. And went as far as talking about aliens and looking at the future, uh, some right out there stuff, but she was really lovely. It was a great conversation and that little documentary is well worth having a look at too. So from trance mediumship, there was also physical mediumship, which I guess is the one that really polarises people. That's the whole seance thing. I, I was looking at some trance mediumship websites before I called you, and some of it, it's like, oh, my gosh, that's way out there. Uh, yeah. So I see what you mean by polarising. But maybe you can explain what trans media, I mean, a physical mediumship is. Yeah, look, physical mediumship's the whole, I guess it's, the, it's where... Um, Spiritism really began uh, in the early days when they had the the dark booth and the room in complete pitch black, and it's all about raising the the uh, energy um, with the sitters, and then it allows the the medium, the physical medium, to um, exude ectoplasm, which is like a silky white uh, substance that allows spirit to, I guess, enter the room. Uh, so the very, I guess, the idea of what it is, it, it's one that, you know, it's easily mocked, it's, it's doubted, um, it's, been, it's been here for hundreds of years and it's, and it's still being practised, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was something that did spook me a little. I, um, I was a little bit nervous about, I had to fly to Sydney to, basically to a house full of strangers uh, so I wrote a little note for home to contact the police in three days if I didn't return. Good. <laughs> and I, uh, but I walked in and it was a look. They were a great bunch of people, very passionate about what they do. More than I guess I realised more than the whole or, or being, I guess, um, stuck on the whole seance word and what it was about. I realised it was a develop like a development circle, a meditation group, if you like. Yes. Um, who were working towards this, a, a cause of love, really. Um, so I did. I, I popped in. It was quite um, confronting in a sense that after it was all explained what would happen, how we'd sit down and uh, loved ones would or people, would, uh, spirit would present. And uh, I had to basically, it feels wrong to say this, but I had to cable tie the, uh, the medium, I then searched the room with a 
a metal detector on everyone. Uh, everything was left outside the room. I then had to gag the medium, which was uh, David Thompson, which was quite hard to do. It was David Thompson? Yes. Oh, I was just on his site. <laughs> Neato. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, tell me more. Uh, I'm intrigued. Uh, yeah, look, it's uh, – and basically then we uh, – we, we sat down and I, I guess by the time the music started and, the, um, and we're all holding hands, I, I actually nearly had an anxiety attack, I've got to say. It was it just sort of all dawned on me that it was pitch black. I'm holding hands with strangers and there's an ABBA song on. So the whole idea was to play this music to get everyone relaxed and I guess to get into that, that mode of, of raising the vibration. Right. Um, and then some strange – I breathed my way through it. I, at one point I was going to storm out of the room screaming for mum, but I, uh, I stopped short of that, breathed through it, and some really strange things started to happen, uh, like temperature changes in the room, and I'd, I'd obviously searched it for any – and there were no heaters or anything like that in the room. Uh, then I, there were some lights, some little orb-like lights um, there, and then – some things happened which I can't explain. I'm still scratching my head about it. Uh, I guess I don't know whether that's my mind-limiting, human mind-limiting beliefs due to the conditioning I've had. Uh, but just there were some things that just didn't feel right. And the guys told me that after the seance. That's very, very normal. Um, I just thought uh, some things happened too, like there were voices being, th- like a voice would, like a gurgling sound and the voice would throw across the room to the top corner and then back and then you could hear this, the footsteps uh, in the room and I know for mm-hmm. a fact, I'm very observant, I know the medium had rubber sole runners on and it was a, a, the sound of dress shoes and, uh, and then actually touching my head, uh, the hand and talking to me, a different voice, these different personalities came throughout the evening um, but there was there were some theatrical aspects that do make you question it, like the things like the uh, um, uh, what's it called, uh, just illuminated um, trumpets sort of going around the room. Uh, that very old fashioned approach to it, I guess, that that had me scratching my head. But I did come out of it thinking, yes, something real happened there. And there was another person from a university who was a little bit independent like me, and they obviously invite people like us to come in to show that there's no doubt. Yes. Um, That's why they go to these lengths, I guess, to show there's absolutely no doubt, a proof of the afterlife. Um, So, yeah, I came out of it really quite uh, amazed by the whole experience, a little bit doubtful on some aspects of it, but there was something there. There was certainly some things happening that were unexplainable. Um, so you can imagine it's tough for anyone with even just a hint of scepticism to comprehend and swallow that hole. Yes. But, look, I guess time will tell. And one thing I've learned is to expect the unexpected, having done my own research and, and explore, talk to all these mediums, that some of the things I've seen and experienced, I, I know not to sit there and be, you know, closed-minded and doubt or dismissive. 
Mm, I, I agree. That's that seems to be the area that's fascinating me right now is physical mediumship, and I've seen some videos of, of people uh, spitting out gems and it's some weird stuff. And so we all have this mind that's is this real? Is it not real? And and I think there probably are some scams out there. But I think I've done enough research on um, like David Thompson, and there's another young fellow in the UK named Scott Milligan, who I'm just yes. watching him on uh, on Facebook today. He did a live, just talking to people about about what's happening and how he got involved when it, with it all. And you know, these aren't people that are making millions of dollars. I mean, these are people that are just getting by, and and it's a it's a big thing for them to do. So I'm. I really tend to believe that there's a lot of truth in, in some of them. And, you know, I don't doubt that there's some that are scams and con artists, but I think there's something to it for sure. Look, absolutely. And, I, you know, that's a, this is all my personal opinion, what I'm talking about as far as experiencing oh, sure. that, that group and that, that work. It's, uh, you know, I guess of all, like in history, that whole seance thing, I just, I guess I'm thinking there's something definitely there and there's some truth to it, like you say. But then again, there are some where I wonder if there's a little bit um, either embellished or, you know, I guess there's a real passion to want to prove it as well and maybe sometimes that can blur the lines a bit. But, uh, yeah, it's a fascinating subject and there's a lot happening. There really is a lot happening and, I look, in... 20 years' time or 10 years' time, maybe more comes of it where all those naysayers sit back and, and say, hey, hang on, this is a real deal. Mm. Well, I think EVP, electronic voice phenomena, is the thing that actually convinced me that the, the vision's coming to my head because I've taken courses in mediumship that there's something very real to it. I mean, it's so many people think, oh, you're just imagining the sounds. It's like, no, 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 I'm not. So it, what's your experience? Who did you get to interview for the electronic voice phenomena part of your book? Look, I I was lucky enough to meet a man called Rob Smith, who was a former Uniting Church minister, as it turns out, and school chaplain. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And he found his way into the whole EVP area. When he, uh, he questioned him, so he thought he was going slightly mad when he started to hear voices from his uh, computer um, and then he sort of found his way. He was led to it, I guess, you say. You look for these signs, I guess, is one thing I've learned uh, through this whole process and, and Rob found himself in a situation where he was exploring uh, EVP and some of the examples he showed me were there is no doubt for people to sit there and think, and say, oh, they're imagined or he's fiddled with the uh, equipment. No, it's not the case at all. I actually saw or experienced one in person where he's popped into a uh, supermarket and there was not a soul in the supermarket. And he popped up to the, uh, uh, to the checkout counter and he asked the girl for batteries. She basically just nodded to an area where they were and... When we got back and we pulled it all apart and you changed the levels and that type of thing, there was a distinct voice after he asked the question, which I'm happy to send to you too if you'd like to put it up on the side. Oh, sure. Where the person said, batteries, I've got batteries. Wow. And it was clear as day. So I, for one, while I don't don't believe everything I've explored, 
regarding this book. I certainly believe a lot of it. Uh, that's one thing that I can really vouch for. It, it's fantastic, I think. I really do. And, and the thing about EVPs is if you take a um, – this is just from my own studies with Tom and Lisa Butler who are um, very heavy into EVPs. Uh, I think they've introduced it to pretty much everybody in the last 25 years. But it's taking a, a tape recorder of some sort, digital or regular tape recorder, recording the sound of something. You can call it white noise. I, I was very effective at um, raindrops or having a shower on in the background. And having a quiet moment with spirit, having a quiet conversation with whoever's here, and then having the record button pressed, and then when playing back the recording out of those background sounds, actual voices showing up. So. Yeah, look, it is, it's a, it's a really, that was one of the most interesting subjects I delved into, that's for sure. And uh, look, it is, it's a, well, it's all energy, isn't it? I mean, it is. as you Sandra, it's, it's whether it's, and this is a good thing now. Once, if it was a hundred years ago, people would be throwing rocks at us for, for exploring this and writing about it. Um, but now we science is starting to really, I guess, warming up to the idea of, of holding hands with with all this, um, you know, spirituality and, and uh, paranormal. I guess um, at, at the very least, they're exploring the physics of the soul and consciousness, and we're, we're realizing that energy is what we're all about. And uh, there are ways, whether it's through EVPs or whether it's mental mediumship or uh, physical mediumship, it's, we're sort of bridging it all and we're starting to open up to the idea that, hang on, you know, as far as science is concerned, it's very important, but it has been wrong. The earth wasn't flat after all. And, you know, to think you and I would be talking to each other instantaneously, you know, 50 years ago was ridiculous. So um, I think we've just got to keep an open mind now. Yeah. And, and realize it's all all definitely worth considering. It is. I'm looking at my cell phone right now, and how is it that it can have voices coming out from it? It's not connected to anything. You know, like there's something energetic happening that it's yeah. picking up a sound from, you know, thousands of miles away, and I don't even know how it works, but the fact that it does work. Well, that's it. It does look, and, and on a scientific level, we're all made up of different variations of vibrational energy, and that that energy doesn't die or dissipate. It transforms, it travels. So I guess if you don't understand it, that doesn't mean you should dismiss it. That's the big point. It's, it's about allowing yourself to find the truth of what energy is all about. Do your homework. I flew, I flew home from California last night and I've been listening to a story about the Wright brothers on uh, a CD in my car and learning how they just had this interest back in the end of the 1800s to create a flying machine. And everyone yeah. thought they were crazy, like just crazy and made fun of them. And even other people out pioneers and trying to create this flying machine, they all died jumping off cliffs and things with wings that they created. And it was finally, I think in December, 1903, that they finally got an aircraft off the ground and could turn it and things like that. And, and so here I am, you know, 2016 flying with 200 people, 30,000 feet above the air, just above the ground. I mean, just taking for granted that, oh yeah. I'm just flying, but just realizing that at one point it was not possible and, and then what it's allowed for us now. 
Yeah, oh, it's a great example. It really, really does. You just have to look back through time, and there are, you know, there are obviously massive examples of how we've evolved. Mm-hmm. And I think we're we're in a real speeding up uh, period at the moment, where it's like a J curve. Um, it's hard to keep up. Oh, it is, and I think big things are to come with the life after death uh, field. I know in Brazil, I think Sonia Rinaldi and Craig Hogan is working on the, the soul phones. It's like electronic voice phenomena, but a different way to communicate using sounds. And it's just it, like it's as mind blowing as some of the physical mediumship is. I'm trying to like think of a day that we can actually get in touch with our loved ones and um, know they're okay and be able to live a great life here, knowing that you know we're on Earth for for our own reasons you know so yeah let's get back to your book a little what what are some of the favorite things that you learned that are kind of um maybe across the board things about yeah i don't know all the questions you asked them but maybe what 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 you ask them that was fascinating like maybe what happens when they when we die or what are some of those things i really focused on the communication process and how um i also one that I threw in that was always a bit of fun, as it turned out, was pets. Do they move on too? Pets. Um, yeah, and it's such a hot topic. People just, they all got excited about talking about it, you know, and they oh. all had pretty much had examples as well. Um, even a Charmaine Wilson, who's uh, an Australian, a great Australian medium, who won a, um, a show here called, it was a psychic show called The One, Um and it was like a series where they put through all these tests and she was the winner and she's, she's actually been voted in the top ten in the world on lots of lists. You'll probably find in your research you'll, okay. you'll come across Charmaine. Um, Charmaine was telling me about how she had one guy come and have a reading and he was a big, burly, old-fashioned sort of truck driver sitting there and he was obviously a little bit sceptical about the whole thing, whether his wife had sent him along, I'm not sure, can't quite remember. But one thing is she said there was a horse sticking its head over his shoulder and that big, tough, burly man broke down in tears and said, that's my best mate. Oh. And it's like Lisa Williamson and I, speaking of horses, it was, uh, she, she was telling me about a show that she did where she got up on stage and one of the first things that happened she saw was this donkey um, with this, uh, it was like a pink, uh, no, sorry, blue bow tie wrapped around its head. And she she said, oh, no, I can't start with this. They're, for anyone who doubts me, they're going to think I'm completely mad. <laughs> uh, it wouldn't go away. It kept presenting and then she had to come out with it and someone burst up in the crowd and, and said, oh, my God, that's my pet donkey bow. And, uh, you know, it's they're, they're all these great stories that they, they gave me and it's it's quite nice to know you know some of them i think uh, august goforth one uh told me that uh, you know they're the first to greet us when we cross over which is, is a kind of nice thought as well oh that's really nice yeah it is nice i and talked to a, a woman that had had a near-death experience and um she said when she opened her eyes in the hereafter she says all the pets that she had were all she was sitting on the ground and they were all surrounding her with their heads on her lap and her mom was there and like i've just flooded with emotion just thinking of all the pets that i've had throughout the years and i do believe scott that very often we love our pets more than we love people because we spend more time with them you know it's all that unconditional love yeah 
And they don't really yell at us. They'll tell us how bad we are at something too, which, which helps, doesn't it? <laughs> they're unconditional. They are. They're beautiful. And it's, uh, they play a, a obviously an important role in right. our lives right. here as humans, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, did you ask questions about how they communicate with us? I mean, we hear sometimes a butterfly will show up or someone will find a penny or maybe the lights will go on and off. Um, any questions about that as far as what's happening Definitely, it's, it's certainly the signs, the universal signs is one that you know, they most of them uh, agreed on that most of the time we don't look for them. So we, we don't, they're there, but we, uh, we don't actually notice them. So it was, it was one of the big takeaways for me was that we've got to look for the signs and whether that's, you know, a lot of it's for the purposes of healing too, uh, directing us to the right people or whether it's to find somebody who does Reiki, um, but those universal signs, they are. Um, I actually had a, had a good example of one where uh, on a radio interview recently, he was a little bit of a sceptic and, oh, he's a big sceptic, and he basically said, you've got a minute to tell me why I should interview you. And I told him the story of how an old workmate of mine who had died, uh, I was walking past a little gelati shop, and it was one a few years earlier where we for silly reasons we were kicked out of the shop because he cracked a little joke that wasn't offensive, well, not to us, but it was to the owner. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was just a very funny moment in our life. Um, and as I was walking past his shop remembering that, he, he was a big Greek man and I looked down on the path and there was a sticker and it was a Greek flag and I thought, okay, they say to look for the signs. Um, whether it's a coincidence or not, I don't know. But then only a week later, I, it was when I interviewed or I'd met Kerry Alexander, one of the mediums in the book, and the first thing she said to me was I had a tall, dark man behind me with his one arm on my shoulder and he's smiling and in the other hand he had a gelati. Wow. So you, there was certainly uh, that particular subject, yes, Universal signs, whether it's a song, as you know, as well from your research, Sandra. It's it's there. You know, it might be a song, it might be a, a, a smell, uh, like an aftershave. There are definitely signs there in ways they're trying. All lights flickering, or a particular um, you know um, person calling you that you're thinking of. Some of those psychic little signs that happen as well. Um, yeah, that was definitely one that was on the agenda. I also asked a lot of questions about some of the uh, uh, reincarnation was one that yeah I'd them. love to hear about that are we would? well it's just one that split them a little bit I mean the rest there was definitely even though they came from very diverse uh, different backgrounds and and um, upbringings and the environment. They were, there was a lot of continuity with a lot of the questions, but uh, reincarnation for some reason was a little split. And I don't know whether that, the way I look at that is, I actually believe in it. I think it's something from what I researched and saw and some of the um, examples I was given, uh, I, th- I think it's the real deal. Mm-hmm. Um I guess maybe it's one of those subjects, though, while we're here on this, in this school of life, I guess, uh, it isn't one of those things we're meant to know everything about. I mean, there has to be a certain element of mystery and 
for us to learn. Yes. Uh, and I wonder whether reincarnation is just one of those sticky ones that people just will agree to disagree on because we're not meant to really understand it for whatever reason until we're at a different stage, I guess, you know, after we do it perhaps. Mm. Uh, there are so many stories of children and some memories that I've heard that it's, it leads me to believe that, yes, reincarnation is re- is real. And also, I like the idea of recycling. I couldn't imagine a baby just living three months and then that's it. You know, I, I like the idea of you get another shot um, or uh, many uh, is what I believe. Oh, look, absolutely. And just on that one too, that was one of the other questions that was, a, I guess, a, a heavier topic and uh, was the whole how do babies represent their souls, you know, that, that whole thing of if a baby is here just going through that birth process and there's no personality to speak of, that type of thing. I guess, you know, it's one of those things that the mind boggles with trying to get your head around it. Um, so I, that was one of the questions I certainly looked at. That tied in a lot with reincarnation. Um, there were some other, yeah, look, it was, I guess the questions were there were about eight or ten core questions, but then as each conversation took shape, we, we ventured off into other areas. But for the most part, you will find that consistency through the book where those things are explored and spoken about in detail. Mm. Any conversations about um, religion? I, I know I've had some people that are overly zealous on their beliefs and they think I'm talking to the devil and there's, you know, I shouldn't even be in the conversation about life after death. Has, did anybody mention anything about uh, religion or Bible or? Look, I did, yeah, I, look, I did. I ventured down that path as well. Um, but, and they were very graceful, I guess, with their responses about that <laughs> and thoughtful because it is another one of those um, areas that gets a little bit tricky for interestingly, because uh, I've got a, I've actually got a Facebook page. There's about ten thousand followers on it for the the actual book. So for anyone wanting to jump in on the conversations there, it's um, they just search for the book on Facebook. Conversations with mediums. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And, and I have a link to that also on this episode. So. Oh, terrific! That's great. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. And they, uh, I get some of the feedback. I obviously get lots of feedback through the uh, through the page. Interestingly, the only I expected a lot more reaction in a negative sense um, for writing this book, uh, which I didn't, which is a great thing. But what I and it shows how much how far we've come, I guess, with being open minded and and it's more accepting of this type of thing. Uh, but I did couple fair bit of flack from people who are deeply religious, I guess. Yes. Um, That was certainly one thing I noticed. And uh, some of it was vicious. I'm not saying all religious people are. Um, Everyone's entitled to their own belief system. And I guess that that was a little bit disappointing. Um, But I did address it with the mediums as well. And their, their theory is they never really took shots at any particular type of religion. I think it's all about for our own individual perspective, we've got to navigate our way through life as best we can. And and that was generally the response they gave me and what my takeaway is too. So that means if something resonates, um, you know, um, if it's um, 
Muslim or whether it's Buddhism or whether it's Christianity, then good luck to you. If that's helping you with your perspective to live a life and learn and evolve your soul, then so do you. I guess one of the biggest takeaways about it is not to be too judgmental in what people choose. And I guess that goes for, for people too who are uh, one of the things I John Edward actually pulled me up in our conversation. I had to he's a funny story because he didn't want to be in the book originally. Really? He well, he was the first, he was actually the first one after I interviewed Lisa, he was the one I really wanted in the book. Uh-huh. So I've done a bit of research on him and I, I, I still find him fascinating. And uh, luckily enough, I got to interview him for the newspaper again, as it turns out, and it was this fantastic conversation. I guess I'd done a bit more homework and I was a little bit more informed on the, the subject matter after Lisa. And I sat there in a room with him and his TV producer from Crossing Over and the end of the interview, we got up and had a big hug and the TV producer said, John, that's the best chat I've, I've witnessed. So that was a real um, feather, you know, it was, a, it was a real, I felt really good about that. He loved it. We, we actually really bonded in that short amount of time. And, you know, when I asked him whether I could put it in my book, it was no. So, and his reasons were, um, what he gave me, I guess he's guarded and it was, He's certainly entitled. It was him being a bit cautious about being put in a book with other mediums and right, um, and just being. He was pretty smart about it, like the reasons why. But he told. He also told me his actual reason to me was that he had obligations with another um, publisher that he couldn't. Um, but I, I saw. I didn't want to take no for an answer, so I kind of stalked him. (laughs) 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 Not in a nasty way, but uh, about a year later. Uh, he was back in Australia doing some sh- live shows and I finally broke through and he said, right, come and meet me and we met in a cafe at Crown and we sat there for about three hours, didn't even really talk about the book, we were just talking about each other as being of a similar age with kids, talking about our different lives. I think he just wanted to get to know who I was and to find out whether I was genuine enough in my purpose uh, and, and intentions. Right. And, and after five minutes before he left, he, he just um, gave me a goodbye hug and, and said, look, by the way, I'm really happy to be in your book. So it was a bit of a – I had to sort of work hard to get John on board and I'm so glad he did agree in the end because it was such an important chapter and it was chapter one. Um, and, and one of the things, what I was getting to, just to revert back to what we initially started talking about, he actually pulled me up just talking about things, people's perspective uh, and what they choose to believe in and what helps them find their way. Mm-hmm. I actually made it not a nasty crack, but I had a little crack, crack about the whole fluffiness, that, um, even talking about reincarnation, how some people talk about, you know, coming back as Cleopatra um, or I don't know how many of those I've heard over the years. Or, um, But what what he did do, he pulled me into line and he just said, hang on for a minute, um, you need to put that in pers- well, you need to put it in perspective because it's about them putting it in perspective and if that works for them and their understanding and this is how perhaps their guides or spirit is helping them through, then you have to respect that. It's, uh, 
we all come out in different environments and we're conditioned in different ways. And I guess it's about the comprehension of it all. So it was a really good lesson for me not to be too judgmental. Oh, it's um, so easy to be judgmental, isn't it? And well, then, it is. And then I think about some of the stuff that comes out of my mouth and it's like the old me from 20 years ago would not even believe I would be this me right now. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. And it was, um, yeah, that's right. And it's, you, look, we do. We, we change. And it's just a good lesson that we don't have to swallow everything that's served up on the plate in front of us. Um, we just have to be a little bit more open to, to you know, and understanding. I guess that's the thing. Which brings me to the point of ego, that, that whole, you know, we're talking about being judgmental. Yes. Ego was one thing that I really explored in the book as well. And, you know, they all had a lot to say about that. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a funny, what's well, an interesting topic, the whole ego thing, because we've all got it. Yes. Um, and I think it's unfortunately, the way, well, another one of my takeaways from that particular subject is it's become a bit of a dirty word in lots of ways where, where everyone's quick to hammer it, but... What I'm learning too is ego can be a friend if it's controlled and used the right way because we do have to survive in our different communities and, and we all have challenges, um, especially as kids growing up through teenage years and that type of thing when ego comes into play where they need it, you know, we need it. Um, but it is one of those things that real I think it's an important topic that should be taught in every school rather than, you know, only learnt in a, in a seminar that's a little bit left of centre. It's such an important thing. Yeah, I was in a seminar this past weekend, and we were looking at the core values and inner beliefs, and um, many people have that, like, I'm not smart, is their egos telling them, or um, right. mine is I'm not good enough, right? So I always had to excel. And I don't know who said what, but it, like, it still triggered something in me that I got that ugly feeling and it's like so I'm going to turn 50 50 in two days day after tomorrow is my birthday and thank you but just the fact that this thing since I was a child still holds like it's the truth and so I I think when we talk about ego a lot it's it's the negative stuff uh look absolutely and and, yeah that yeah that and a lot of it well it is it's a it is a bit of a negative thing, but I think it's important. I guess what I'm trying to say is it's – I think it's important not to to be so negative with it and embrace it for what it is and know we've all got it, that it's all about managing it. So um, that was a really good topic through the book. And, it, look, as far as I'm concerned as an author, I think I even – just the learnings process or the finding my own truth, I actually started writing a book about – uh, death and fear, really, that was largely to do with my ego taking hold. But as it turned out and time went on, I, I realised I was writing a book about faith and love. So, ah. we can, yeah, so that was, I guess that's the twist that came with my little experience in putting this project together. Well, on the flip side, I think of any one of our negative thoughts, like 
you know, so I might say, oh, I'm not good enough or I'm not smart enough, whatever that may be. On the flip side, I mean, we do something to combat that. So I'm independent. I'm successful. Uh, I'm unstoppable. I'm super lovable, super caring. And I think that's, those are all powerful things. And, and they wouldn't have come unless I had those thoughts as a kid and you know those underlying things so you're right you're absolutely right so what should we talk about next what are you up to now that what you just mentioned the book is that another book that you have coming out look i'm i'm currently i'm, I'm actually looking at doing it i wasn't because i jump around a little bit with my projects i guess mm-hmm. I, again i don't want to be really pigeonholed i I love all, everything from this subject matter to music to travel and, and that's what I do for a living. I write about all this stuff. Um, I'm still – I have been uh, working closely with a man called Peter Smith who is a president of the uh, Dr. Michael Newton Institute, um, the whole lives between lives thing. And, um, oh, what's the name of the institute? Uh, the – the Dr. Michael Newton Institute. Dr. Dr. Michael, Michael Newton. Newton. Okay. He wrote the book Journey of Souls and Destiny of Souls. Oh, yes, I have that book. Okay, I didn't yeah. recognize the name. Yep. No, that's fine. And Peter's um, like his right-hand man. and He's based in Melbourne here with me. And he's he's sort of evolving from um, – he, he wrote a book about hypnoenergetics and he's coming uh, he's come out with a new book that I've helped him with called Quantum Consciousness expanding your own personal universe. So that's a project I've been working on with him and that's sort of evolving or kicking out into a a bigger thing that you mentioned in the introduction, uh, a little resource hub, I guess, for like-minded authors and and people in general, uh, to to like a resource hub on this subject matter Um, because there's a lot of... uh, a lot of avenues you could take out there, as you would know, Sandra, as well, as, as that give you a bum steer, some of those self-publishing options that absolutely rob you dry. It's, uh, and, and I guess what we're trying to do is, is create a, an authentic little place where people can get real advice and, and guidance and, and be told whether their book's going to be a, you know, a million copy bestseller or they stick to their guns and, and just keep it real. It's about something they need to do for personal reasons and show them ways how you can do it as an e-book rather than spend all the money on printing costs or, you know, um, show them a template that they can use rather than spend $5,000 on a designer, that type of thing. Uh, and we're looking at doing some workshops in that area as well. So that's been a bit of fun. But I will possibly do another part to Conversations with Mediums Uh and uh, I'm, I'm looking at the conversations with the animal kingdom area where I've done, I've already conducted a lot of interviews um, with regards to that. And that's pretty exciting. Oh, that makes me very happy. Back to your publishing for a minute. If we have a, a listener right now who's got a book inside them, would you be a good place to start just to ask some questions about uh, publishing a book or is it not at that stage yet it's not quite it's still in the evolution process okay. we're there we're just sort of structuring up the model and and it's just about there but uh certainly um that will be one to keep an eye on and if if that person is happy enough uh to contact me through the conversations with mediums.com website or even on the facebook page uh, I'm happy to follow up because we uh, it's already in demand and we haven't even launched. So there is a lot of interest in that area. Mm. 
Yeah. Uh, we have a few minutes left. Um, what should I ask you? <laughs> I, <laughs> well, I, what uh, wisdom are you burning to share? You have this opportunity to change lives, make a difference, make someone stay. What do you have to say? I just, I'd like to think from my, I guess my biggest takeaways are not to be so judgmental and, and like I said earlier, take everything that's served up to you. Just find your own truth. I think it's important to believe there's an afterlife. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a, a case of removing the shackles, no rules or preconceived ideas and uh, just be a little more open. Um, mediumship's certainly got that heavy stigma attached to it and um, it's, it's a tough one to sort of shake off when it comes to stigma, but I think that's evolving. I think yes, it is. Find, I think we're, yeah, we're moving into an area where the whole mystique of it's starting to dissipate and we're starting to realise this is something we're all capable of in varying degrees and finding for ourselves. And the thing, the biggest thing I think, it, it sort of had its 15 minutes in the spotlight where people are realising, okay, just because I've had some sort of spiritual or paranormal experience doesn't mean I have to walk out and be a medium for the masses. It's about finding your own personal path and truth. It is, and I think living with some less fear. I, I don't know about you, but with me, when I finally introduced the world that I'm writing this book, We Don't Die, yep. I was petrified that I'd lose family, friends, that everybody in my environment would think I was crazy. The fear that I had, Scott, was so hard to be with, so hard to be with. And slowly, even if somebody asked me on an airplane, oh, what do you do for a living? I, I would kind of test the waters and say, oh, I'm an author. Oh, what'd you write? And then I'd pull out the book thinking, oh, they're going to think I'm nuts. <laughs> Nobody did. But I think as no. humans, we're also, like you, you're talking about being judgmental, we're also afraid of what people will think of us. And so we keep our mouths shut. But more often than not, people are really engaged in this or they've had something weird happen and they want to share it. And I think just a, a takeaway from for me is just to try to let your guard down, be open about something, share. Um, th this this podcast growing by leaps and bounds the amount of listeners and it's all based on people listening here today and i thank you sharing it having the courage to share it on your facebook page or twitter or with your friends or family and i really thank you for that because it's like it that's what it takes it's like oh yeah. if scott believes it well maybe it is real <laughs> yeah, well, no, that's right that's a great way of putting it too and I, look i found the same thing i I expected perhaps a little bit more flack or, or raised eyebrows than, than what I've received. It's people are, are from all walks of life, they're, they're in, they do embrace it, the curiosity is there, and I think you're right. It's just a case of dropping preconceived notions and, and ideas of things and, and just learning. It's all about learning and sharing this information. Mm, I'm just thinking right now there's three fears that all humans share. It's feel it, fear of death fear of failure and fear of being alone and i think yeah. with what you share in conversations with mediums and what what we all try to share is really that 
life after death is real so you can take away that fear um, you will never be alone we are surrounded I believe by our loved ones and some guides and some angels not that they're stalking us 24-7 but we do help, have help and that life is an education for the soul so you can never fail and even those people that are the most successful people in the world have failed more than anybody so there's another fear to just put to rest right <laughs> Beautifully put. That was, yeah. that, it's been amazing to talk to you. I've really enjoyed you it. You too, Scott. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. And our listener too, thank you for taking this hour to spend with Scott Podmore and myself. Really, you have lots of places where you could be right now or things you could be listening to. And just the fact that you're here listening to us now uh, tells me and probably Scott too that you're interested you're interested in having a better life and probably helping other people have a better life as well so in closing again please remember to visit Scott Podmore at conversationswithmediums.com or on Facebook you can type in conversations with mediums and find him there and if these episodes make a difference for you if you would be so kind if you're up to it to go to iTunes and just rate it you can put one star through five stars leave a review um, very often it's easy to listen and and um, not that I'm going to pressure you to give back but it does make a difference when people go to look like what's this show we don't die all about and if they see a lot of stars and a lot of comments they'll tend to listen so in closing this is Sandra Champlain and like I said I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is very important. So thanks for listening and we'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.